0: we're closing out the counterintuitive series this morning counterintuitive is the way christians should live and uh the one that we're closing out with today actually as i've gotten into it i've discovered that i probably need to turn this into a series i'll probably make it a wednesday night um, six or seven week thing so we can talk about it and really get into some stuff but we're gonna we're gonna hit the highlights we're gonna we're gonna do the outline today and and just fly through some stuff so buckle up Get your, get your little note things out and put your thinking caps on. Let's, let's stand and read, read together with me passage of Scripture. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed and in terrible suffering. Jesus said to him, I will go and heal him. The centurion replied, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go, it will be done just as you believed it would. And his servant was healed at that very hour. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the power and the life that is in your word. I pray that the Spirit would anoint our hearts and anoint our ears and quicken us to the life that you would bring to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Authority uh, is is a very misunderstood Topic in our in our culture, and I guess I don't know what's on the front of the bulletin. Does it say submission to authority or, uh, yeah? Um, actually, I think a better title for this would be understanding authority, because that's that's the key to submission to authority, and that's that's what I want to talk about today. And one of the first things that we need to understand is that life is sometimes complicated. Anybody noticed that? I had a friend uh, named C.B. Anderson. He was actually the best man at our wedding, and C.B. went home to be with the Lord 27, 28 years ago. It's been quite a while. But um, C.B. and I, when I came to the Lord in my mid uh, 20s, C.B. and I were involved in a theater together, and C.B. was the the director of the theater, and I was, I guess, probably his right hand guy. And when I came to the Lord, I meant the first thought I had was I got to get out of this place and so i wrote a letter to cb some of you've heard this story and i gave it to him and i uh, said i'm resigning and he wrote me back a big long letter going well i've been thinking about changing my life blah 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 and i'm going no you just want me to stay in the theater is what you're wanting me to do but we got together and talked and dad Gummy got saved his wife got saved his kids got saved and i ended up staying in the theater for a while but cb started going to the church where i was going to up in hendersonville at the time and he started teaching Sunday school, and he taught a junior boys class. Now that's probably nine years old, probably it is. And after uh, after a, a session of teaching the junior boys, he began to kind of he was sort of feeling his oats, and he was kind of going, you know, I think I'm ready for some for some older people. I'd like to teach, you know, single adults. So he announced a single adult class, and. He chose as his topic for the single adult class the book of Hosea. Now, <laughs> some of you are familiar with Hosea, but uh, some of you probably aren't. The book, Hosea was a prophet who uh, married an unfaithful wife. And she kept leaving him, and he'd go back, and he'd get her, and he'd take her back. And it was a picture of, of God and Israel, but that, that's what it was. CB was thinking his single adult class was going to be comprised of people who were like 20 Or 19 or 21, uh, he didn't really take into account that some single adults are 40 or 45. And concerning the topic that he had, there were days he came out of that class he was just ashen, all all of the blood drained from his face, and he was just like, "I'm going, CB, how how was the class?" "Oh, (laughs) you know, junior boys, their problems. I can handle those." You know, my brother broke my bicycle, you know, my fish died, you know, that that kind of thing. Uh, He was discovering that the older you get, the more complicated the problems get, the heavier they get, the more interesting life becomes, if you will and it's important for us to understand that the older that I've gotten I've discovered see we tend I used to think everything was obvious and everything was simple and this is right and that's wrong and this is that this the older I've gotten the more I've discovered is that for 98% of the issues out there there are between two and 700 billion sides to the story a way to go into it there's very little the death burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ you can hang your hat on that absolutely there it is the sovereignty of our Lord Jesus There's very little besides that that doesn't get kind of, you know what I'm trying to say. And and the reason why I'm bringing it into this is we need to understand this because in order to understand authority and in order to be able to walk under authority, we, we cannot do that if we have too high opinion of our opinion. That was a very clever turn of phrase and I'm going to say it again because some of you missed it. you can't walk under authority if the opinion that you have of your opinion is too high and for most of us we got a pretty high uh, estimation of what we know and what we think in the church and in politics and in our culture and everything we tend to gravitate toward the polar positions toward the north and the south and and we hunker down in our situation and and it's us and them and whoever's there is there and whoever's here is here And without really all that much analysis of Scripture or doctrine or what the Word really has to say, and really without all that much thought, sometimes period. Authority is one of the most important topics of Christian life, and it's generally glossed over to our detriment. Because if you cannot submit to, if you cannot actually understand and submit to authority... By definition you cannot be a disciple because a disciple is someone who is under authority someone who is being taught someone who will listen there's two errors in the church that are often made that I, I that muddy the waters and make it a, a difficult issue for a lot of church people And the first era is the I am the leader syndrome and uh, uh, when back in the 70s there was this movement that started in the church called uh, the shepherding movement and some of you are old enough to remember it but and it sounds pretty good i mean having a shepherd is a great thing being a shepherd is a great thing but this got this got weird this got really kind of out there you know if you it got to the point where if you You know, we're deciding whether or not to buy a suit. You went and talked to your shepherd to find out if it was okay to do so. You know, what, is it all right? Should I get this car or or do I have to get this one? You know, and your shepherd told you everything you were supposed to do. And uh, it was whacked, quite frankly. It, it uh, It wasn't godly, not at all. And some of that tends to bleed over today. You know, sometimes leaders in the church get a little... You know, I, I am the leader, and you will listen to me and you will do what I tell you to do. And uh, I tried that, but it didn't work. And um, <laughs> actually, I didn't try that because it doesn't work when I'm the follower, and so it isn't going to work when I'm the leader. The two greatest leaders in all of Scripture, let's very quickly look at them. One of them was this guy, Moses. I mean, he led two million people for. Over 40 years. I mean, you talk about a megachurch. You know, he created a nation. There was, uh, and and he he was the leader of it. Numbers 12:3 tells us that Moses was a very humble man, more humble than anyone else on the face of the earth. And you know, I've brought this up several times, and I'll mention it again because somebody's not to be funny, but somebody probably has figured this out. Wait a minute, didn't Moses write that? Yes, he did. But he wrote it under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And I can just see, I can just, I, I can just see Moses, you know, he's writing, the Holy Spirit's inspiring, and that verse comes around and he's going, well, are, you, are you kidding me? I'm supposed to write it. Yes, sir. Because he really was. He, he understood how to be under authority. He understood what that was about. Beware of false humility, though. The I I didn't build it for me syndrome. Oh, you know, yeah. Put a statue of me out there, but it wasn't my idea. I mean, the elders made me do it. You know, just Uh uh-uh. You know, if you're the leader, you could put a stop to that, and should. I I don't want to be on a pedestal, because the the farther you fall, the more it hurts, and I fall too often. So don't, you know, don't put me on a pedestal. Just kind of there you know that kind of well maybe there you know and that and that's okay that'd be all right with me Moses was willing to take advice I mean there were times he was frustrated yeah there were times he got ticked off there were times he you know he was a person he was, he was a human being but he was willing to take advice from his father-in-law for crying out loud whose name was Jethro and if you've ever seen the Beverly Hillbillies <laughs> And you'll take advice from somebody named Jethro. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Jethro came to visit, and he, and he went, okay, Moses, what's, uh, let's see what a Moses day is like. Well, a Moses day is like you get up in the morning, you go sit down, and there's this line of people out the door. They didn't have doors. Out, out the flap, and <laughs> this line of people, and they, and they come in. And they've all got issues, they've all got complaints, they've all got problems. Boy, does that sound like a fun day. And Moses is there, he's sorting everything out until it finally gets dark and and there's still a line of people, but he goes, and Jethro says to him, what are you crazy? You can't keep this up. You're going to die if you do this and you're not going to help these people, you're not going to be any good to them. Here's what, let me tell you what to do. Get some leaders, put them over groups of 1,000, some really good leaders, and then let them appoint some leaders over groups of 100, and then let them appoint some leaders over groups of 10, and, and they can handle all this stuff, and if something's really tough, they'll bring it to you. And Moses goes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Great idea. Let's do it right now. Willing to actually listen to somebody and take, take advice from somebody and willing to share authority not just in that case over in numbers chapter 11 uh, the load became way too heavy and, and 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 moses was crying out to god and said kill me just just kill me right now if i'm going to lead these people kill me i don't I, I that's that's what i want you to do for me that'd be your present to me and uh, god said okay wait <laughs> Let's not be too radical right now get 70 guys and bring them here 70 elders and I'll put this I'll take some of the spirit that I put on you and I'll put it on them And they can help you carry the load. So Moses calls the 70 guys together and 68 of them come And two of them don't Eldad and Medad, that was their names They were dads obviously (laughs) and and two of them wouldn't come and so the 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 68 come and Moses is there and the Lord takes some of the spirit that's on them and he puts it on all all on on Moses and puts it on them and they have church I mean things get really going and they're all prophesying and it's it's blowing and going well Eldad and Medad who didn't come and who knows why they didn't come for, you know, for years and years I thought, well, they're just rebellious, and maybe they were, but maybe they had the flu. I don't know. There's no, no telling why they didn't come, but the, the Spirit came on them, and they started having church back, back in the, it wasn't a village, but you know, back, back in the camp. They, they start, and Joshua gets bent out of shape about it, and he says to Moses, Moses, Eldad and Medad are prophesying, and they didn't come to the meeting, and we need to stop them. And Moses says, are you jealous for my sake? I wish all of the Lord's people were prophets. I wish the Lord would put his spirit on them, on all of them. Now, that's a godly leader. That's the, way, that's the way that a godly leader is supposed to, is supposed to react. And he was willing to obey. I mean, if you go back and you read the first five books, well, uh, Exodus through Deuteronomy. Moses isn't actually in Genesis, but Exodus through Deuteronomy. A phrase that you'll come across again and again and again is Moses did everything just as the Lord commanded. Whatever he said to do, that's what he did. The other leader, maybe Jesus, yeah, would be the perfect example. Over in Matthew 11, Verse twenty nine, Jesus says, "I'm gentle, humble in heart," and he was. I mean, he was a hoss; he could clean out the temple, but he was gentle. He was humble in heart. Uh, that the heart of this passage, actually verses twenty eight through thirty, was a passage that resonated so much with me when I when I came to my back to the Lord in my mid twenties because I'd just been out there flapping in the wind and messing my life all up and thinking I was having a good time, and and when I came back. I'd known this verse, but I had forgotten it. Come unto me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden. and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. I'm, I'm gentle. I'm humble in heart. You'll find rest for your souls. And boy, did that minister to me. It was like, wow. Yeah, I'm 25 years old, and I am worn out. And I didn't even know it. So it was great to come back to the Lord, and now I'm a little older than 25 years old, and I'm feeling pretty good. John 5:19. Jesus said, I tell you the truth. The son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing because whatever the father does, the son also does. Jesus was on script the whole time he was here. No ad-libbing. He had his directions. He had his orders. He had his instructions, and he followed them. And then in John 14, Jesus says, the prince of this world is coming. This was the night before he was betrayed. He has no hold on me, but the world must learn that I love the Father and that I do exactly what the Father has commanded me to do. You know, you'll hear sometimes if you were the only one, Jesus would have come and died for you, even if you were the only one who needed saving, the only one who who would respond. And indirectly, that's true. But Jesus didn't go and die on the cross because you needed saving. He went and died on the cross because his father told him to. He was being obedient to the father. It is the father who loves you so much that if you had been the only one, he would have sent his son to go and die on the cross for you. Now there's something to chew on, there's something to think about. So, you know, the, I am the leader. Uh, syndrome has, has created a lot of confusion about authority within the church uh, The other thing that's created a lot of confusion is the we are the people syndrome Moses had a follower a nemesis whatever a guy named Korah Over in uh, Numbers chapter 16. He got 270 leaders together uh, That probably took a little doing and they and they went to Moses as a delegation and they, they came as a group to oppose Moses and Aaron and said to them, you have gone too far. The whole community is holy, every one of them, and the Lord is with them. Why do you set yourselves above the Lord's assembly? Now, if you've read that chapter, if you know this story, then that, that's good. But if you had not let me just tell you, the way that Korah and his followers died is a way like no one else has ever died before. And I'm not going to tell you what it is, but it's in Numbers chapter 16, and you can actually read the Bible for yourself and find out what it is. But it didn't end up good, didn't end up, didn't end up well for them. And we have we have a tendency, especially in this especially in this country, because we got that we got that independent streak. You know, we we democracy, buddy. Uh, let's take a vote. Well, let me ask you this: When has a majority ever been right? In the Bible, when was it ever right? The people come to, to Samuel and going, we want, we want a king, give us a king. And well, God's going, well, you know, I've got a king over here, but he's not ready yet. So give them the best they've got. See how that works out for them, which wasn't too well. When Elisha came and, and, and stood against the prophets of Baal, one Elisha, 600 prophets of Baal. If they had taken a vote instead of had a, fire from heaven contest Elisha would have lost God doesn't stand for election even the best when they step out from under authority go wrong Peter rebuking Jesus Jesus talking about going to the cross and Peter's going nay Lord you'll you'll never do that and and Jesus Peter you just don't know how, how dumb you are so where does authority come from? In Jesus' time, people understood the importance of the source of authority. The leaders came to Jesus and they questioned Him and said, Where do you get the authority to do all this stuff that you're doing? And Jesus said, Well, I'll ask you a question, and if you'll answer my question, then I'll tell you where I get the authority from. John the Baptist, where did his authority come from? Was it from God or was it from man? Now, they thought that He was trying to trip them up because if they had said it was from God, He would say, Well, why didn't you believe him?" And if they said, well, it's from man, well, the people all thought it was from God and they would, they would, they would have turned on him. Jesus wasn't trying to trip them up. He was just trying to get them to understand something about authority. He said, if you will answer this question, then I'll tell you where the authority comes from. But the truth of the matter is, you don't understand authority. You, you don't even know about it. So it, w- it would hurt you more than help you for me to tell you where, where my authority comes from. The right to govern does not come from the consent of the governed I mean I hey I'm all for the Constitution I'm all for the Declaration of Independence I love our founding documents I'm I'm not just an American I'm a Tennessean (laughs) born and bred that's right Uh, but we got that one wrong because that's not where it comes from Psalm 75 6-7, through no one from the east or from the west or from the desert can exalt a man no matter how many there are to vote for him but it is God who judges. He brings one down, he exalts another. He's he's the one who puts it in place. And things get kind of messed up when we start moving in in a different authority. Jeremiah says, the prophets prophesy lies. The priests rule by their own authority and my people love it this way. But what, what will you do in the end? Jesus gave authority to His followers just as God took some authority off of Moses and put it on those elders. Jesus gave it to the 12, to the 70, authority to go out and cast out demons and heal the sick and preach the gospel. He gave it to all those who believe, ultimately. In Matthew, I mean, in in, in Mark, at the end 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 of that chapter, get your tongue right, Ronnie. And then in Matthew 28, 18, it says this, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me how many of you know the definition of the word all okay it's a short word most of you can spell it but it means margaret would get on to me but i guess got to say it this way there ain't no more all and if all authority has been given to him where does authority come from comes from christ now in the in the uh in your little bulletin outline thing that it says uh i think all authority comes from is our authority comes from okay somebody's got to be filling this thing out yeah all right and and then right below it it says authority comes from and it looks like a typo but it's not i mean if i could have put it seven times i would have put it seven times because it's the crux of the issue it's the crux of the it's the crux of the matter now Let's get into the real fun part. Biblical lines of authority. It's going to very quickly hit on three different places where the Bible very clearly spells out authority. One of those is in the family. And the family begins with husband and wife. And you knew it was coming. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. The women ain't saying anything, and the men are afraid to. (laughs) But that's not the only thing that's in Ephesians 5. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Okay. There's a newlywed. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. This is how it works. And some of you have heard this before but it's good to have our minds refreshed about it wives are supposed to submit to their husbands that's that's the instruction that's given there husbands are supposed to lay down their lives for their wives you want some bread to go with that okay uh, they, they run out in cool church yes that's great that's great okay we don't have time for this let's let's move on this is this is how it works when a husband lays down his life for his wife the submission's no problem no problem whatsoever and it really works the other way because I, you know, I, I, there's plenty to go around here for everybody. When a wife is truly submitted to her husband and he knows that, man, that, that does something to him in a positive way. Now, you know, if, it, if we're just talking about a fallen world and God's out of this, well, it can, it can turn him into a tyrant. But if we're talking about a godly situation, man, it, you know, Margaret and I... Uh, I know that unless it's just an ungodly situation, you know, if I any dumb decision I make, she'll go with me.
1: <laughs>
0: you know, I mean, it might, you know, she might go. Well, I don't know about that. You know, but she'll go with me. You know, and sometimes she says a little more than that, but <laughs> but I, I know that she will. And wow. What what that, the confidence that I have in her and the confidence that quite frankly I have in me because of the confidence I have in her. It's it's just a whole new ball game. It's a whole new level on which to play. Uh, And then on the other hand, if, if the wife knows that the husband really is laying down his life for her, wow, you talk about a happy woman, seriously. You know that's why Margaret looks so good and, and all it's, it's grace but it and it and it feeds off of itself it's a positive feedback kind of thing the more she's willing to submit to him and the, the more he's willing to lay down his life for her and the more he lays down his life for her the more she's willing to submit to him and, and they both just get better and better and better and better Now nobody bats a thousand you have to you got to mix a little grace got to mix a little mercy in there along with it but that's how it's supposed to work that 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 that's how this thing that's how this thing is supposed to roll and the Lord will bless such a relationship and let me just say one other thing if the husband okay when you got when you got uh, two people in a voting block that are voting there are only two things that can happen it can either be a unanimous vote or it's a tie every time and somebody's got to break the tie and God you know God could have written uh okay Moses put put this down there before you get married you take an IQ test and the smartest one is the tiebreaker <laughs> big problem <laughs> no IQ tests for 6,000 years yeah. uh, Or God could have said the prettiest one is the tiebreaker. Now, it would have flipped things on its head, wouldn't it? Yeah, in most houses. But he didn't. He said, you know, okay, it's the husband. And you know what? Oftentimes, the husband may not be the smartest one, and he's almost never the prettiest one. But if he makes a bad decision with the right heart, and she submits with the right heart, god will cover it he'll 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 sort that thing out anyway uh then then there's y'all are gonna love this i I gotta talk over here now children obey your parents in the lord for this is right honor your father and mother which is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth and that's true I know that. I mean, I was blessed to have parents who loved me. I was blessed to have godly parents, and and I didn't do the greatest job of submitting. I mean, I probably did okay, you know. For I don't know, I was going to say eight or ten years, but maybe it's more like eight or ten months. <laughs> but uh, pro- probably, you know, up until a certain point, and then I had a pretty significant period of time where I had some, you know, some real problems with it. But that was when I knew everything. And then when I got older uh, but this is true this is true and when when Margaret and I were raising our kids there were a lot of things that we would not uh, that we didn't discipline our kids about that probably people thought was a little funky uh, but we didn't discipline them for being kids but we absolutely disciplined every incidence of rebellion that we saw because that's that's where the issue is that's where the problem is if 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 rebellion comes a good parent will put that out put that out and as children it's a biblical line of authority and even if your parents were, were really crummy the truth and, and genuinely were truth of the matter is you can't control what they did but you can control How you honor them and and you may not necessarily be able to walk in obedience to what how they would do but you can still honor them yeah oh and it's such a blessing i I don't have a lot of time but i let me when when i when i came in and started pastoring the church here i I had high anxiety about pastoring the church where my dad had pastored and where he was going to be because i'd seen my dad pastor for many years and it wasn't what i was planning on doing But that 20 years that we had him here, 21 actually, he was wonderful. He was perfect in in the way that he supported and that was great. And one of the greatest joys of my life was to be able to get that 20 years to be able to honor him in, in front of people. It was just, oh, yeah, it was just a thrill. It was a joy to get to do that it was a blessing I wasn't looking for okay and I'm not trying to put this one off but we're gonna go here anyway government because I read some of your Facebook pages all right and you need to know what the Bible says and I'm not making a joke it's true I urge then, first of all, that requests, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for everyone, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives and all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Savior. And if you aren't praying and making intercessions for the good of those who are leading, for the good of them for them to have wisdom for them to have grace for them to for them to have favor if you're not praying for that you're cutting your own throat and you're unpleasing to god it, it, it blows my mind i mean i i i know brothers and sisters and, and and let me just tell you that i hadn't seen this on any of y'all's pages but i'm just going to go there you know i know brothers and sisters who going, yeah i'm praying for the president I'm praying over there what it said in, uh, in, in Psalm. May he die and someone take his place. And I'm going, you, ain't a, you, don't under, you don't have the foggiest notion of what it means to be a Christian. We got a, a Democrat president and a Republican governor, and you better be praying for both of them. Because they both need it. They both need God's direction. They both need God's guidance. So that we may live peaceful quiet lives in all godliness and and holiness you know if you're torn up all the time about what they're doing up on washington or what they're doing in Nashville, if you're tor- you can't live a peaceful quiet life you're torn up all the time you you really like this one everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities for there is no authority except what god has established where does authority come from the authorities that exist have been established by God. He who rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. And those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. I, you know, I don't, I, I don't care who you, who you vote for. I don't care, you know, what your political position is. This is the Word of God. This is the Word of God. It just simply is. And it's distracted the church enormously enormously we're about bringing salt and light and the gospel of jesus christ into the world that's the that's what's going that's the only thing that's going to matter a hundred years from now and truth of the matter is it's the only thing that matters right now okay let's move on to the church obey your leaders submit to their authority they keep watch over you as men who must give an account obey them so that their work will be a joy and not a burden for that would be of no advantage to you. Uh, and who are the leaders? Well, Ephesians 4. It was he who gave some. These are gifts he gave to men. Some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers. To prepare God's people for works of service. So that the body of Christ may be built up. Later on he talks about and their elders are talked about. Overseers are talked about. They exist. The reason leaders exist is... Uh, is to serve Is is to serve now i know you know sometimes it gets mixed up and and they don't do a good job of serving and we don't do a good job of following and and but once again this is the goal this is this is this is the way that it's supposed to be this this is the target jesus made it clear that leaders in the kingdom are not to lord it over those they serve you know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. Whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. Let me just uh, make two comments about this. One, uh, probably should think this out more, but... Uh, I'm going to say it anyway, uh, because I, I know it's just going to embarrass the fire out of him. But Bruce Koble, when, uh, when, when Bruce first became youth pastor at the Lord's Chapel, Margaret and I were working with the youth. And, uh, and I know that Bruce literally just felt overwhelmed and humbled and, oh, my goodness. But from day one the thing that struck me about bruce was hey wait a minute it's like this guy just read the bible and went okay i'm going to do that yeah. says to be last okay he's going to be last yeah. says serve okay he's going to serve yeah. and any other shortcomings any other failings that that he had the lord could take care of all of those and did and has because he just went okay Servant of all, all right? That's what I'll be. It works. It works. It it, it absolutely works. And if someone wants to advance in the church, that's that's the way you get there. And and the other side, from the other side, in terms of of, uh, making your leader's uh, job a joy, that doesn't mean that every time you see me smile at me, what it really means is if you got a problem if you got an issue if you got something with me come and talk to me I'm a I'm a little puppy (laughs) I don't bite (laughs) I growl occasionally but I but I don't bite you know don't uh, don't take it to sue and Joan and Sam and Bob and Fred especially Fred (laughs) (laughs) i love the guy you know don't uh take it bring come to me that's where the joy is because we'll we'll connect you know we'll we'll find we'll find places for our hearts to mesh that's what we'll do That's that's how you make it a joy for for your leaders to serve you is you, you just come to them talk to them Okay, all right, very quickly. When is it okay to disobey authority? There is an out. Peter and John appeared before the Sanhedrin and they said, Don't preach in this man's name anymore. And they said, Judge for yourselves whether it's right in God's sight to obey you rather than God, because there is a line of authority. And when the authority steps out from under its authority, that line gets broken. Beware of using this as an excuse to rebel. If if you disagree with your authority, that does not automatically mean that, that you're in God's will and they aren't. It could also mean that they're in God's will and you aren't. Uh, Let me just very quickly do it this in terms of uh, um, family, husbands, and wives. You know, if your husband says, since he's the line of authority, okay, we're going to move to, I don't know, Millersville. (laughs) And you don't want to move to Millersville? Uh, Gee, I don't know that that's a moral issue. You know, he may be wrong, but I'll tell you what, he can be wrong and y'all can have the right attitude and move to Millersville and be a lot happier than if you stay where you are with the great church in Smyrna, (laughs) but you're not walking in submission to one another. Or, you know or if he says go you know I want you to go to work or I don't want you to go to work or I want you to cook chicken or whatever it is that that he wants you to I mean those are not anywhere close to the line where rebellion is now okay you know if he says stop going to church if he says don't tithe if he says uh, quit reading the Bible now you've entered a real gray area and you you just you got to hear something from God because that could be over the line and you might be in a season where God is saying, okay, just hold on and, and, and walk with Him here in this for a little while. You know, you, one, one or the other. You know, if He's saying, hey, let's get high or let's become swingers or let's renounce Christ or something, that's over the line. That's clear. You can't go there. You have to invoke this at that point. But there is an out. And... And I'm not going to give any political examples except to say that Nazi Germany was over the line. And most of what we consider to be over the line today isn't. All right, close out real quickly. The rewards of walking under authority, that it may go well with you. That you may enjoy long life on the earth, that you may live peaceful, quiet lives and, and all godliness and holiness. There's, there's, there's a reward in and of itself walking under authority and then that you may advance in the kingdom those of you who've been in the military know that it's not the guy it's not the guy that the sergeant always has trouble with and who won't obey anything that the sergeant says he's not the one who gets promoted to corporal it's not the major who disobeys the general who gets to become a colonel it's the one who knows how to walk under authority the one they can trust if you've got kids if you've got several kids and one of them will obey what you tell them and the rest of them won't guess which one you're going to leave in charge (laughs) which one you're going to give authority to and god is the same way in in the church or in anything he, he will give his authority to those he's learned understand authority Know know how to walk under it, and also I'll close with this: with the measure you use, it'll be measured back to you. Now we've talked about that in regards to forgiveness. We've talked about that in regards to grace and mercy. It, it works the same way here. You know, you may have a, a you may have a crummy boss at work, and you may just feel terrible about that boss. And l- let me tell you, if you if you spread that poison everybody around you you know man is a crummy boy yeah when the day comes that you get to be the boss guess what's gonna be happening under you the same thing you did under them that's why David wouldn't lay a hand on Saul he was gonna be king someday he's not gonna he's not gonna off the king That's that's God's anointed he'll have to deal with him I'm not gonna touch him and that's why nobody could touch David because with the measure that you use it's used back to you Jesus commended two people on their faith one was a Canaanite woman doesn't say anything about her walking under authority but there's no question that she knew how to because she she was not able to be offended when she came and said please heal my daughter and Jesus said well it's not proper to take the kids food and give it to their dogs yeah, she goes, well, but the dogs get the crumbs that fall from the table, and Jesus was blown away. Oh, woman, you've got great faith. And the other one was a Roman centurion. He said, I know how authority works. I tell this servant, go, he goes. I tell this one, come, he comes. I tell this one, do this, he does it. All authority belongs to you. All you have to do is say the word, and my servant will be healed. You see, when you live that kind of life, then whatever happens, you know God's got it. He's got it. All authority is His, and He's got authority over this. But when we don't understand authority, then we begin to move in anxiety and unfaithfulness and fear, and all of these things come up. It's an important topic I'm probably gonna teach you on a Wednesday night I suggest half a dozen of you at least I know coming to it would you stand with me with those who are gonna uh, minister to people come forward anything that you have need of today we'd like to <laughs> pray with you and you know while we're on the topic if you have that boss that you're having trouble walking under authority with maybe you've got a relationship in your life where authority is an issue parent child husband wife this is this would be a good time to come and ask god to help you with it from either side you know how to, how to deal with it but the altar's open for anything. If you, need, if you need to know Christ, if you don't know Him, we'd love to introduce you to Him. If you got a physical need, whatever, altar's open. We're going to worship for a few moments. We'll wait for you.
1: You are holy. You are my... there oh.
0: praise God of course he's God when it's cold but he's definitely God when it's warm raise your hand let me give you a blessing may the God and Father of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ who sent his son into the world and who was obedient perfectly obedient unto death may that same spirit that empowered Jesus empower you may you see the light of God upon your path, and may you willingly walk in it. In Jesus' name, amen.